Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. And a lot of people miss that piece from, from the person at the, at the on the front line, uh, at the lowest level, all the way to the highest level. Everybody has the ability and has uh, the responsibility, in, at least in our business, to be a leader. Whether if it's with their family, among, uh, uh, their nuclear family, wife, children, or even just being a part of their, their bigger family with uh, parents, brothers and sisters and whatnot. Uh, the other thing I, I want to talk about is to just lay some foundation is one of the things I talk about is there's three components of what we do as leaders, and that's uh, responsibility, uh, that's uh, authority and accountability. Those are components of, of being a leader and being responsible for whatever it may be uh, career field wise. Uh, in addition to that, uh, as leaders, we are caretakers. It's our job to take care of the people that we lead, airmen, civilians, whatever it is. If they're a part of your organization, your job is to also be a caretaker. And with that, we that's where I want to go with this, is staying connected. Uh, since COVID-19 has hit, we have um, changed the way we do business. Folks are teleworking. They're not coming into the office. A lot of folks... Uh, mission essential folks are coming to the office, but we are, we're finding that more and more folks are working from home due to this crisis uh, and pandemic. So one of the things uh, we have done here at, at my wing uh, and to ensure that we, we take on that role as caretakers seriously is to find creative ways to stay connected with our teams. And uh, with that, uh, when we say stay connected, Everybody says social distancing. We have changed the vernacular to say physical distancing, but we want to stay socially connected. And how we do that is we use the, the platforms everybody else is using right now, Zoom. Uh, they're using Teams, Adobe Connect, Facebook, Instagram. There's so many platforms. So there's no excuse uh, to lose connection with your people. Uh, some of the things we do uh, once a week or twice a week, actually, on my team is we have um, themed uh, Zoom meetings. So we meet with everybody in the office. They come on Zoom, and they're themed. So last week, we had um, a motivational speaker that works over here at the Leadership uh, uh, Development course here at Maxwell come on and talk about uh, ways to be effective uh, and connect with folks uh, while you're in uh, uh, this this isolated period where folks are teleworking. And he and he made us draw out a triangle, and 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 triangle had to do with things that you uh, need to do your to do list. Who do you need to talk to to get that thing done, and then? What are you doing to stay connected with those individuals outside of the transaction of doing work? Because what we want to do is leave every conversation we have with folks, we want to leave that conversation and they feel empowered and they feel 
that they are valued to you, the organization, and whatever they do occupationally. So we, we had one of those. And then we had one where you just had to wear your favorite hat. And then when you got on, you wore your you wore your favorite hat. You when it was your time to talk, you had to explain why it was your favorite hat and why it was dear to you. Uh, in addition to that, we did uh, on Zoom. Everybody did a background, and we had to explain why that background uh, was our background. And the key here is we talk about work in different telecons and meetings or whatever. But in these Zoom meetings, the rule is we're not going to talk about work. We're going to talk about how everybody's doing, what's important to them. Um, and you'll find that even though we're in um, this, this re response to the pandemic and people are home and isolated and self-isolated quarantine, life is still going on. Um, people are, are stressed because their kids at home and they got to be a school teacher and that's homeschooling uh, is it, it, it's, it's rough on them. Uh, folks are are still dealing with depression, and even more so because they're isolated. So it's our job as caretakers that to keep reaching out to folks to make sure we have a true, real connection with those individuals, whether it's through a screen, a telephone call, or you know, one of the things we do is we continue to uh, uh, reach out to our airmen in the dorm, and we kind of have a, a dorm outside dorm meetings because we have uh, some balconies on our dorm and they just come out on the balcony and uh, our chief and, and the first sergeants engage with them uh, out there in the courtyard in the dorms. So we're doing everything possible to stay connected to airmen uh, and their families and ensure that folks are getting what they need. Uh, any questions at this time, I can, I can expound uh, from you all. Right on. Well, look, that's outstanding. And I'm glad that you guys have took the initiative to be innovative when it came down to being connected. And everybody that's watching here live, please, please give a shout out what base you're at or give your uh, your zip code, area code to let us know that you're actually tuned in and you're listening. Hey, Herm, you got a question, brother. Go ahead. Hit him up. I do. How you doing, sir? Hey, doing so the first thing I want to say First thing I want to say is uh, we're going to let you slide with the, the wrong UT flag up there. I, you, know, I, you know what time it is. Only UT is Tennessee on this show. But um, a question I do have for you is um, the difference between analog leadership and digital leadership. Um, are we seeing are we seeing a trend now or a curve now where this is kind of exposing the older generation's unfamiliar, unfamiliarity, forget my countryness, of uh, you, the use of digital uh, technology when it comes to leadership, since we're seeing a lot of people work from home nowadays. Okay, so I'm gonna first address uh, the <laughs> man. So, how many national championships Tennessee got? Oh, shots fired! Look at his face. Look, we got we got we got six. <laughs> six? What? What? Who? Who gave y'all that national championship? The Hoboken Times? I mean, come on. Really? <laughs> if Texas counted all the national championships some paper gave them back in the 50s or whatever, we'd have 21. But bona fide national champions five times. Also, uh, top, top winning record in college football in history 
there's only, I think, three programs that have a better record than University of Texas. That would be uh, USC, uh, Notre Dame, and Alabama. Mm. Only three. Could have sworn so, Michigan was, but that's okay. Michigan may, but but I'm 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 sure that might be it. <laughs> or, Ohio State, Ohio mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Tennessee ain't in that conversation. Matter of fact, when's the last time Tennessee <laughs> won the SEC East? <laughs> and I'm gonna leave it there. Sir, can you answer my question? Please? No, you see, yeah. look. <laughs> hey, you know what, sir? Hey, you know what? We're going to have to have you on because ain't too many people that can shut him up. You get what I'm saying? And that did it. That did look, it. I've had years of practice. Yeah, so. right. But yeah, but yeah. So to his point, that makes sense. So with the analog and the digital, do you see individuals not just struggling or are they using that as an excuse? So there is no excuse. I, I, I will say that. If you're a senior leader, you got enough folks around you that can work out uh, your your lack of uh, ability to work uh, digital equipment and whatnot. I will tell you, my sons uh, keep me kind of, they're, they're young men, 20, 23 and 24. They kind of keep me in on the Instagram and all that stuff. So I'm kind of familiar with it. But my boss, the wing commander here, he's not on social media and this kind of, uh, was new to him, but we got him. We 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 did some training. We did some OJT with him, and 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 got him squared away. So it's not an excuse to not connect with. It. Matter of fact, we and we talked about this before we came on the show. Is that actually um, being in this environment has given me more time and opportunity to reach out and connect with folks than when I'm in the office. Because and you will find that we're doing you'll when we come out of this and we get to the new abnormal, there's a lot of things we used to do that we won't do anymore. And 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 platforms like this have have shown us that it is possible to get productivity from folks if they're at home, if they're not in the office and still get the mission done. So you're going to see some some things here in the near future, but. Um, but there are some leaders that will uh, hang on to the analog uh, uh, way of, of, of leading um, and because they're stuck in what is comfortable for them. And, and a lot of times, even leaders uh, sometimes are not the best with change and, and, and being able to deal with change, you know, uh, especially yeah. uh, dynamic change, as this, this has shown us, we've had to uh, be able to adapt to. You know, and and I see that. And from your point of view, do you think that it has, uh, well, job security has anything to do with it? Because it requires a certain skill, uh, digital, not digitally, analog. But now digitally, individuals have a less amount, there's less amount of barriers to do the things that they need to do. You, you get what I mean? So, or to, let's say I need to reach out to the wing commander. Obviously I won't just hit him up on Facebook and say, Hey, you know, but there, he, there is an outlet there. And so from your point of view, do you think that this will um, minimize that job security or would they just have to rearrange the way that they're thinking about how they're effective? So that, that's a very good question, and, I, and and based on that question, I'm gonna have to say something real quick. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give the the caveat. I am Colonel Jeremy Reed, but I am not representing the 46th Air Force, <laughs> or and my views are not those of the United States Air Force. Okay, okay. there we I go. Am, 
citizen Jeremy Lamont Reed. No, and that. we will now deal with that question. There we go. <laughs> what you will find with a lot of uh, leaders, and uh, not all, but a, a good number of leaders, is uh, they have been able to be successful by being risk adverse. Okay, so when you have gone through your career and you have been successful as a model, being risk adverse, being a digital leader or using digital technology as a leader, as you say, breaking down those barriers um, is one more area of risk, right? If you remember when, when Facebook first came on, you had leaders running for Facebook. Mm-hmm. Because what they didn't want is their airmen to see them as human beings. They wanted to see them as the boss, right? But the boss is a title. You know, commander is a title. But when somebody looks at you as a leader, it's a privilege. Wow. Wow. Yes. Mm. That's that's deep. I'm, I, yep. There it is. So... So when you when you start breaking down walls, people have these facades and they have these faces when they come into the office or, 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 or their place of work and they think that they have to be that person and they're not authentic. And guess what happens when you get a peek into my real life through Facebook or whatever I'm putting out there? Oh, that person's not the person I thought that individual is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I had leaders that I thought were one way, and then, you know, and you get a peek under the tent, you're like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and being a, a man of color, we're going to deal with some of that, and being diversity and inclusion discussion, sometimes, you know, you learn that people that you work for or in your leadership chain uh, are, are participating in things that, uh, let you know that you are not uh, uh, on the forefront of their uh, list of folks that they want to promote and mentor and and push along. So very well uh, put, very well put. You hold on, look, I got to, I got to give you. Strategic that, that was that was beautiful. That was beautiful <laughs> because you said everything that a twenty-year-old me would not have been able to say. You get what I mean, and not just that, not just a twenty-year-old me. 20 to younger airmen mm-hmm. ages because they see this and they know this. And mm-hmm. by, to your point, by putting yourself out there, you are exposing the truth and everything that you were hiding behind within your uniform. Mm-hmm. Right. That's wow. That's amazing. Hold on. Look, we got a question though. Matt, that's, okay. that's deep. Go ahead, Larry. What you got, brother? Go ahead. I'm mute. Oh, man, this, this, this guy here, man, he's bringing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna stage my question like this, right? I'm a firm, firm believer that everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. to include this COVID-19. I think this was a, a shock for the world to wake up and get out of our days that we're in and to for true leadership to really come to the forefront. So my question to you is, what are your thoughts about doing this epidemic or doing any crisis where you start to see true leadership show and those that who you thought was a leader kind of fall back by the wayside. I know you kind of touched on it, but from where you sit at right now, what is your thoughts on that? Because I'm sure you're seeing it. You're seeing true leaders, and then you're starting to see those who you thought was 
a leader, but kind of fall back by the wayside during this crisis because they weren't prepared for it. Oh, no, you're exactly right. Um, you know, crisis actually, you know, crisis and, 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 and challenge are the crucibles of leadership, right? If I don't put you under some heat, if I don't put you under some pressure, I don't really know who you are um, in a challenging environment. I, I, I've I've had officers tell me this, and I and, and you, but let me let me handle that, and then I'm gonna jump to something else. You will see who is true blue, a real leader, and who's not through this through this this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you will see the individuals who are not risk adverse, who will make decisions, who will who will lead from a perspective of being a caretaker. And I'm going to get to something real quick. Friend of mine, been in the news as of late, okay? Captain Brett Crozier, the captain of the Theodore Roosevelt. Regardless of your politics or anything else, or, 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 or and I think the Navy actually re, uh, has, have made a move to reinstate him after the investigation. Mm-hmm. I've had the chance of spending six weeks at uh, Joint Forces uh, uh, College with him and JPME2, Joint uh, Professional Mil- uh, Military Education 2. It, it's primarily how we uh, establish uh, uh, how we do joint uh, planning, the joint planning process of senior leaders. When I met Brett Crozier, the first thing I would tell anybody is phenomenal leader, connects with everybody. Okay, connects with everybody and ain't no punk. Okay. So the decision he made was a risk and he knew there were consequences. But he put his sailors in front of his occupational uh, prestige, his possibility to be an admiral in the near future because if you if you're a captain on a carrier you're pretty much going to be an admiral he put all that on the line to take care of sailors that's a leader other folks would have would have made some different decisions not push to dock not push to get people tested and you see he was proved right because in the fact that there's over 700 people that came off of that boat that were positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So outside of all that, that's a, that's a, a that's a leadership. Um, uh, I want to say a test case or, 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 or a case study, better choice of words and seeing what, what I believe, and this is my belief, what true leadership looks like. Wow. Wow, man. At the end of the day, here's, here's what we, here's what, and this is what I was going to get to is, when you're in the military, the military attracts people who like titles and position. Why is that? Hmm. It's a rhetorical question, but it, y- y'all can jump in if you want to. Why well, is that? You, you know, I, I think, <clears throat> I think, 
at some point, at some time, there may just be a little bit of insecurity. Okay, there may be insecurity to a degree, right? So all depends. I'm not even going to go that deep. Okay, so other than that, they want to. They want position is worn on your shirt, so people can see it. That's what I mean. Yeah, you can see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. Because if, if if you don't believe it here. You need something to show that you are who people say that you are. That's my thought. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. my thought. And and then that becomes important for you, right? Mm -hmm. That becomes important for you. And then that is what your focus is, not your airmen, not an airman big A, not their families, not their health and safety. Your career becomes more important because you are defined by how far you get, right? I have to have this conversation with young officers all the time. They feel like they're a failure if they don't make colonel, right? And I say, hey, squadron commander, lieutenant colonel is a successful, is a successful career because here's the reality, reality. It takes 100 second lieutenants to make one colonel. So, so when you make colonel, you are 1%, you're the 1%. In a pool of individuals who are, which is tough competition, our enlisted corps, our officer corps are some of our nation's best and brightest. So you're competing against a tough pool of folks. It's like playing in the SEC. You know, every week and every time you come out and put your efforts out there, you got somebody standing next to you that 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 went to the Air Force Academy, Notre Dame, Yale, Harvard, Texas, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, all these places, right? And then we make them take a qualifying test that's tougher than the SAT. Then you got to be able to run a mile and a half under 13 minutes. You got to be able to, to pee in a cup and then not come up hot. So there's a lot of gates to what we do, right? So it weaves a lot of folks out. So the people, when you get when you get to the nitty gritty, you, you're dealing with the best of the best, the creme de la creme. And a lot of our, our young airmen don't realize that. Mm. Wow. Hey, you know what? They that, that, their work. That, and that's they real. They've gone through just to get here to qualify. But you know what, though, sir? And, and, and I want to get to Will's question, but it seemed as though the certain individuals in the military, we could say certain uh, cultures as far as AFSCs, they want to exude humbleness in the individual. So I may come in after basic, after tech school or whatever, and I get to my job. Hey, I know my job. Oh, I'm ready because obviously I need training. Right. But I'm ready. I'm ready to give my all to the military. But when you have individuals that have certain dispositions for themselves, they're going to, you know, they can push. No, nah, well, you're not that great. Right. And then throughout that time and then you get passed over, you get looked down upon. And then now you create a sense of unworthiness, even no matter what the numbers say, because we know how elite the Air Force is to other armed forces. But within our own community, we don't get that same type of affirmation. But not just elite among the other armed services, elite in society as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you're right. You're right. But once again, it comes back to insecurity as leaders. 
I will I will use an example. I, there was a, a, a young man, y'all may know him, may not, that I met in Korea uh, about 13, 14 years ago. He knew his job. Okay. But because he knew his job, he continuously was stunting. Okay. And that'd be Mr. Herman Brown. Look at him. Look at him. You talk about getting put under a fire. <laughs> he did that to me, but I'm gonna let him go in. But but let me but but here's the thing. I'm proud of uh, uh senior master sergeant Brown, right? Because back then he was senior Herman Brown. He's senior master sergeant Brown now. And people would say, hey, that kid, he ain't nothing but bad news, or he's just a hard head, this, that, and the other. But that's because you could see he had talent, and he had a way with people to be able to communicate and get things done, and it was a threat sometimes to them. And they were tech sergeants and master sergeants, right? So then they started picking on him. And I saw it, and I was like, hey, wait a minute. What you're doing is not fair to this young airman. And Herman will tell you, I called him on the carpet. Some folks actually wanted to physically fight me over it. Wow. <laughs> is, is, is word up? Wow. Hey, that, that's an absolute fact. When, um, when he left, after he got through, you know, uh, mentoring us, I'm going to say that he got through mentoring us, the tech sergeant was a little bit shaken up. The whole time that the whole time that then Captain Reed was there, he was shook up and about to start crying. As soon as Captain Reed left, he was like, "Man, I just want to whoop his ass." I was oh. like, "Hey, you ain't. That's not the energy you gave gave off the whole time." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You get, but when you leave, I'll be talking again. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and but here's the thing: it wasn't about me flexing as the officer, right? What I knew is I had an individual who was talented. And what you don't do, have y'all watched Last Dance? Have y'all been watching that about the Bulls? Mm -hmm. And they were talking about Dennis Rodman. Right. And, and Chuck Daly says, you don't put a saddle on a Mustang. That's right. That's right. You let him, you let him run, right? You keep him in, in some confines and say, this is where you can run, but you don't put a saddle on him. You don't try to rock. A lot of leaders try to put saddles on folks that have energy and talent and 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 hold them down and they're really doing the organization a disservice. Okay? One thing leaders do that 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 irks me all the time is they want to duplicate themselves. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Big facts. Major I don't facts. need you to be me. I need you to be you because I don't see everything. I don't have your perspective. I don't have your background. You may bring some things to the table that I wouldn't have never considered in my life. So when I build a team, I'm trying to build a diverse team of individuals of thoughts, minds, backgrounds, all of those things. Why? Because it makes us better as a whole. And more importantly, as a leader, I give you resources. I give you what the goals and objectives are. And then I get out your way. Mm -hmm. Empowerment. Mm -hmm. And then I ask you, what do you need? when you run into a wall. That's right. But too many leaders want to duplicate themselves because if it's not the answer they would have come up with, somehow in, uh, uh, inherently it's wrong. And that's not the case. There's an infinite way of solving problems. 
man, hold on. Well, you know what? This, this I wasn't ready for this. Yo, hey, I was not ready for this. Herm, I wasn't ready for this, brother, but I think we needed this. Seriously. I really Most did. And, and, and you know what? I'll tell you this too, Colonel, because we're going to go to Will, but I wish... I wish I had that type of energy and leadership earlier on in my career, but I'm also glad that it's still here. So in my mind that there's still hope, you get what I mean? Because to your point, you can't recreate who you want people to be. Let them be great in their own skin. I appreciate that. That's 100. Go ahead. Will. what you got, bro? First off, I'm going to say thank you for your transparency, because I think this was missing in today's force. The realistic conversations that take place at smoke pits, on social media, in your cars, but not in the presence of everybody that really needs to hear that. So hats off to you. Earlier, you talked about leaderships losing connection during this pandemic. But what when that leadership never established that connection? Now you're distant. What do you do? And this is more so for mentorship to leaders that never took the time to learn their force, to learn their people, to care enough about who they are. Now you're forced to use technology to communicate with them and establish a rapport that you never did from the get up. What can you say to those leaders? If nothing else, this should show you proof positive why you need connection. Because a lot of times, leaders at my level, we leave the care and feed into other folks mm. between us and where the rubber meets the road. But this shows proof positive that you need to have those connections because now you feel awkward when you're trying to reach out to folks right. <laughs> on a Zoom uh, meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to have, you know, trying to get people involved by having them wear their favorite hat, right? So we we did the favorite hat. I wore my my fishing hat. That's that's my place. That's my sanctuary. Going fishing, right? But there's stories about that because when I have that hat on, it means I'm probably somewhere tropical, in the sun, enjoying nature, right? Other people wore hats because they were Alabama fans. Other people wore hats because it was it was the hat that they bought when they were deployed and or, or, or whatever. And but here's the, the the key: most of those stories I already knew. That's the point. So then in the conversation, just like we're having, I could then pull threads right to further the conversation that I may know someone else may be going through something personally, like a sick relative or, or uh, having uh, ideations of suicide that are on my team because I know this is going on, but I could pull a thread and it's not coming from me. It's somebody that may have gone through that or been close to a situation like that. I can pull that thread and guess what I say? Oh, by the way, Hey, everybody on this Zoom meeting, you all have each other's contact. If there's something that you want to talk about privately or whatever, please reach out to those individuals. They're willing to talk to you and help you out. That's simple. Wow. Wow. You need more leaders with your transparency and your direct approach things that need to happen, especially as it relates to diversity. Because I think mm-hmm. that when, as we discussed before, 
when people don't experience things for themselves, it's hard for them to fathom and understand how it impacts other people. So now mm-hmm. you have a lot of individuals that are here now going through things and they feel like they're by themselves because no one has tried to relate to how they receive information nor how they mm-hmm. learn. They just kind of throw the towel in on them and say, hey, you shouldn't be here. You now know, we're throwing away a valuable asset. So I'll tell you this. I'll just talk about me real quick, and then we'll kind of get to a diversity talk also. Uh, I'm probably... I'm probably built for this age, right? Because I grew up watching a lot of TV and I got a boatload of degrees and, and, and whatnot, but I hate to read books. <laughs> he do too. Her, look at her. <laughs> yo, yo, this dude. <laughs> but, but notice I caveated that. Mm-hmm. Books. Now, I read what I have to read or I need to read. But I grew up watching TV, and I get more information from a great documentary. My wife thinks I'm the biggest nerd ever because I watch Earth, Blue Earth, (laughs) Space, all those things. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, that was my window to the world was seeing it on TV. Now, what the Air Force has given me is the opportunity to go to those places, actually see it with my own eyes and put my feet on ground. But... I will tell you, I read a lot of journals. I read a lot of magazines. Um, but I like just getting into a book and reading a book. If it's not an autobiography or something along those lines, I'm not. And I don't like fiction, believe it or not. So, But usually I read autobiographies because I'm interested in what makes human beings tick. And everybody's different, right? But they get to success on different paths, but what you learn is they have common threads. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is, believe it or not, the ability to connect with people. Wow. You know what? It's so simple. It's actually, it's that simple. And not just being able to connect with people, just having the will to want to. Right? And I really do believe this removes that barrier this truly removes that barrier because we need to check on our people so how are you checking on your people seriously you can't use that same excuse anymore i don't have time you got all the real time in the world and 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 unless you just so ate up when you're on the zoom meeting and you're teleworking the uniform's not on that's why i mentioned it earlier so it's not colonel reed you don't see the eagle you don't you know you don't see the chief with all those, those chevrons you see the individual and it's in a different context. Yeah. So it, it, like you said, it takes barriers down. Yes. Yes. It's kind of like a deployment. It's kind of like a deployment. You know, when, when you're going through something with, with your team, it's like, man, you know, it, you, you, you guys go to, go to child together, right? You, you start asking each other about your family because you're going through the same experience together. This, to certain individuals, can be very traumatic. And the main thing that I believe we need is humility. Okay, within mm-hmm. that connectivity, within that connectivity, uh, connectiveness, but be human. Like, hey, I'm feeling this too. I may not mm-hmm. understand from your optics, but I'm feeling it as well, mm-hmm. right? So, but hey, so we got another question, Herm. Go ahead. What you got, bro? So, sir, we about to we about to hit on another historic milestone in the Air Force with the uh, General Brown nomination. And uh, being a black officer yourself, I just want to know what your personal thoughts are about that now. I am uber uh, proud. Um, 
I've had an opportunity to be in the room uh, with General Brown a number of times, and he will he is going to blow your mind at how good he is. Okay, and um, and and the key to this conversation is this: is that although he is now the chief of staff of the Air Force. Our work is not done because folks will say, um, well, you've had a black chief. Um, so what else would you guys want? Right. It, you know, like it's a handout. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. To your point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So it's not over. The maturation is not over. There needs to see the key is, is when we really get to the point where diversity and inclusion is not an issue is when you have a black chief and nobody talks about it being the black chief. That's it right there. Where it happens so often and commonplace that it's not a novelty or people are like, oh, what do we expect from this chief? I, I, I've been doing this for 22, almost 23 years now, right? And we've had chief after chief after chief. And, 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 and there's some angst about how they're going to handle business. But for the most part, I, I see there's a lot of anxiety and, and anxious energy in the Air Force after the announcement um, and saying, oh, how is this going to, how is this going to work out? Well, let me tell you, it's going to work out well. Period. Because he is a phenomenal leader. There you go. Right and on. Just, and, 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 and has all the credibility in the world across the Joint Force. Uh, so I think, uh, and, and just level-headed decision-making, not that, you know, that any other chiefs before him weren't, I'm just telling you, the Air Force is is, is going to the needle in the Air Force is going to move uh, with him and, and the leadership. So, right just on. as it did with General Goldfein, I will tell you, General Goldfein uh, really has done a lot from his position uh, when it comes to diversity and inclusion. But like I said, the work is not over because, as a black male, I sit in a particular position and I have a particular perspective because most of the black general officers I see are black males. Right. Or, or 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 when you talk about diversity, as in uh, ethnic uh, uh, or race diversity, it's typically black males, a few uh, Latino males and a few Asian males. But the tough part is, is for our, our, our ladies. Right. Uh, did you all know when was the last time active duty because Stacey Harris is reserved? When was the last time the Air Force promoted a black female? to one-star general. Not to Google that one. Not the Air 2001. Force. Wow. That's when I came. 19 years ago. Wow. Are you telling me that they're not a, there's not enough talented black female officers in the Air Force that we can't get a general mm. in 19 years? And not get a general, but have someone promoted to general in 19 years because there are qualified ladies out there Absolutely. that have the ability and have the skills but don't get the opportunities. Right. Absolutely so right. So that's what I mean by the work is not done. Do not, do not uh, let that discussion uh, fall because we we have an African-American uh, chief of staff of the Air Force. Wow. Wow. And so Larry, Larry got a question, but I do want to ask something. You can table it. But 
in the future or how far off in the future do you see a female chief master sergeant of the Air Force? That's just something just to think about. Like if we're ready for that, I believe we are. But do you think the Air Force is ready for that? You know? Yes. Why wouldn't the Air Force be ready for it? Um, I, you know, some of the best chiefs that, that have I've worked with, I don't say work for me, but the best chiefs I work with have been female chiefs. Mm-hmm. Here, and here's the other thing. Leadership don't have no, no prerequisite on gender, race, or ethnicity. Leaders are leaders. Right. So right. the market is not cornered by one particular group. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing, and I believe the Air Force uh, would accept it and 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 be the better for it. Mm. But, but yeah, I think the Air Force is ready, more than ready for it. I think we are overdue. Long. To be mm-hmm. Way overdue. Mm-hmm. I didn't dig it. Hey, Larry, you got a question, brother. Go ahead. I do. Hey, hey, it's me again, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to soak in all this knowledge of these and all these gems that he's dropping down right now. So my question is to you, uh, for me, uh, for me, but anybody that's listening, really, uh, the guys will tell you that I've been at a crossroads. You know, I've been looking at crossing over to the O side. Uh, I took the Air, Air Force qualifying test and all that, made the, the passing scores. Uh, but my biggest hiccup was I didn't know what the Limfax was as far as me mentoring and still connecting with the young airmen because of all the fraternization, all that, you know, the different uh, UMCJ rules that go in there. So for you, as speaking from an officer that's only done officer and the entire time he's been in the military, what do you say to those that are out there that are kind of hesitant as far as being able to go from the enlisted to the officer but still want to keep that connection with the enlisted, especially the young airmen side of the, of the house? What is your thoughts on that? So this is how I did it. I just, I, I just be, I, I made sure I was in their space. A lot of young, so, and what I mean by in their space is this, like you say, people talk about fraternization and all those things. I wasn't at the club with my airmen. I wasn't hanging out after hours with my airmen, but I truly believe in leadership by walking around. So when I say I was in their space, when Herman was in the storeroom, I went and talked to Herman in the storeroom. I didn't have Herman come to me because there's too many barriers to get to me as the officer, right? But it is, or I would, Herman will tell you this, I'm a services troop, and then they merged us into, into four support officers, but I'm a services troop, blue and blue. I mean, true blue. And Herman will tell you, I can go in the kitchen and, and, and prepare meal as well as any tech sergeant, staff sergeant in the services career field. So that's the point. Everybody, everybody except me. See, so you see that. But but no, and, and that's the point, though, being able to do the same work, you, you know, right. at, at least to have that credibility is what I'm and, gathering. And not, and not afraid to be exposed in some of those situations, right? Because you got to learn, too. But you being prime listed, you got you kind of got a, a a a leg up. And I saw you, Corey. I see you out there. Um, you have a leg up because you do have that credibility, and then you know how to go find airmen and be in their space. You can be in their space at work, and be one of the team. 
And that's easy. That's easy. So do not stop your trek and and wanting to to come over to the old side. And and I'll be frank with you. I want you over here. I need you over here. I need I need folks that understand what leadership is and can inspire young airmen to be their best and then duplicate your 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 ability to to cross over and then lead again. Because what you want to do is I said officers often or and leaders want to duplicate themselves. All I want to do, all I need you to do is duplicate your energy. Mm. <laughs> I, want, I want my energy duplicated, right? My enthusiasm duplicated. I don't want me cloned. I don't need a bunch of Jeremy Reeves running around. I need I need a Will. I need a Larry. I need a, I need a Seth. I need those people to be who they are, but in those leadership positions and at the table to have the tough, hard discussions because they've been through it, they understand it, and they're savvy enough to to have the right discussion at the right time. Wow, wow. Hey, so Larry, hey, how you feel? You you want to go for it, brother? Hey, man. I mean, he got me open. Right, and just so we know, some of my guys tuning in, Chief Blackwell, he says he knows you need work with you. I don't know if you remember that name, but I remember him from my security forces days. So he gave right, me a right. Chief is here with us right now. Chief, good people. Right on, yeah. right on. One of my mentors, man. So it's a small Air Force, but hey, Chief, I mean, Colonel, I'm going to take your word for it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get at it, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, if you lose connection with young airmen, that's on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, so let me put this out here, though, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys want to call and ask the colonel a question, just reach out. The numbers below is 618-792-6747. Again, the number is 618-792-6747. Colonel, this, this has been amazing. Like, seriously, seriously. Shout out to you, Dunn. I see you over there. Hey. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting this. I, I, I promise you I wasn't. But this is what we do at the Lions Den. But what I mean, not necessarily expecting this was coming from an officer, an authentic leader. And I am a firm believer that positions does not equate to your effectiveness. You so, know, so, that's and, you. And here, I want to drop this real quick. Who else? Who else should be out here other than, I mean, other than when you start talking grade, an officer, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a colonel. So essentially, I'm like a chief, right? I'm at terminal grade for the most part. Unless something astronomical happens and somebody decides to put a star on me, I'm at terminal grade. What are they going to do? I'm a made man, and like in the mafia. What are they going to do? They're going to make me retire? Okay. You know? <laughs> So I can I'm in a position to speak truth because you know I'm, I'm as as General Cotton and I talk about all the time we circle in the drain right all right we're about out of here so um, I I have the freedom to speak my mind in a lot of ways because at the end of the day you know I'm almost out of here I, I'm trying to give give back as much as I can and 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 help young folks meet their goals as they go through this journey in the United States. Air Force. Honestly, there are individuals that um, 
I believe would be great for this, but I, I, I truly do believe the reason why they're so hesitant is because they're looking at their position and what it may look like to someone else, not necessarily the effectiveness as far as being on and being connected to individuals around the world. You, you get what I mean? And, and it's unfortunate because because we're losing out on those Junes. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think it has more to do with um, people having delusions of grandeur and thinking they're going to be a general officer. So they, they're not. <laughs> like that? For real? No, the truth yeah. 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 No, 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 no. So a lot of people don't even know what it takes to be a general officer and what, what you have to do to be a general officer. And they're nowhere close to having the qualifications to be a general officer, but they think they're in the game. We kind of talked about privilege earlier and that's part of the privilege and then when you break it down to them and you say hey dude you're not gonna be no general they feel some kind of way mm. and it's a it's a it's a it's a, 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 a an emotional event for these folks it, it is a significant emotional event for folks when they find out that they no longer have legs because you got to think about it when you're a colonel you top one percent everybody's told you throughout your career you're the best you're the best you're the best you've been number one number one number one Number one, now somebody says, okay, thank you. That's humbling right there for a lot of people, I bet. It breaks their heart. It's a it's a significant emotional event. And how I know that is I used to work at the Colonel's Group, and I was the uh, force management policy guy. So when we did SERBs, so when we did force management programs, I was the guy on the phone talking to colonels about what their future looked like. And a lot of times... Um, uh, general officers don't give them the real because they, I, I think they feel like the folks are going to shut down uh, if, 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 if they feel like they no longer have a, a carrot to go after. But if you've been doing this for so long, it should be about leading airmen, about getting the best out of their potential and abilities and making the Air Force better. Period. Period dot. Hey, Colonel, listen, I want to take up too much more of your time. And we want to make sure everybody, hey, if you guys have a question about the show, not about anything else, about dinner or nothing like that. If y'all got a question about the show, the Colonel or the, you know, on the Lions Den while he's here, take advantage of this series because you may not have an opportunity this way and this authentic again. Hey, Herm, you had a question. Go ahead, brother. I do. So, um, you you know this as well, Seth, because you were services as well, right? So so you you about you you understand what I'm about to ask. So Colonel Reed, um, being a career services guy, you know how this career field has always been looked at. You know, what I'm saying bottom of the totem pole, uh, lower end stuff like that, no ass rascal. You heard it all. What did you do? What was your mentality to keep those airmen motivated? And was the same energy needed to keep the officers motivated? to perform their best inside this career field. Okay, so I'll handle the officer piece first. Um, at times, yes, it depended on the officer and what they wanted uh, to do in their Air Force career. Uh, but people, I, I'll tell you a quick story. How much time do I have, Seth? Because I told you, y'all got me as long as you need me. Go ahead, so, go ahead, speak it. You got it? Go yeah. ahead. So, um, when I was going through the process, I went through OTS. So I didn't go through ROTC or the Air Force Academy. I went through OTS. And in that process, you had to go interview with the regional commander of 
the uh, the recruiting uh, uh, division. And she was a personalist, obviously. And then I had on my dream sheet, I originally was trying to be a pilot, right? But they gave me an eye exam and, and that 2040 didn't work out. <laughs> so they, they, they said, hey, and the other part of it is I had a family to feed. So I, I was trying to get in the Air Force as fast as possible. And they said, well, they need services officers and, and, um, and logistics officers at that particular point in time. And I said, well, I'll be a services officer. So I go interview with the lieutenant colonel, and she said, oh, services. It was on my dream sheet. She was like, mm, they don't get promoted out of there. You're going to – and it was, a, it was a sister. It was an African-American uh, lieutenant colonel. She told wow. me, she said, you, you don't want to do services. You're not going to get promoted out of there. And lo and behold, I go to OTS, and I, and I get my career field, and I get my dream sheet, and I got – not only did I get services, they sent me to Minot. What? Ugh. Wait a minute. That's like a double whammy one. <laughs> but you say that. But let me tell you, if you've got any young officers out there on here or, or enlisted folks that can mentor, uh, senior NCOs that are mentoring young officers, the best thing that ever happened to me was going to my life. Best thing happened. Why? Nobody wants to go up there. Mm, so, it's easy to shine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I go up there. I'm a second lieutenant. By the time I leave, two years at the end of the two years I was up there, I was the CGO of the year in the services career field for ACC. Wow, wow. See there. The wow. <laughs> okay. That's grind right there. So if I had gone to Langley, if I had gone to Scott or somewhere like that, I would have been, I would have been pushed down, not given. Uh, 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 very many opportunities, but at Minot, because the wasn't folks volunteering to go to Minot, wasn't folks trying to be overages at Minot, I had an opportunity to shine and get and get opportunity also. Because a lot of what we do in, in our careers is about opportunity. So but it's about blooming where you're planted from a career field perspective. Because everybody gets caught up in the job. But when you're an officer in the Air Force, your number one competency is being a leader. Mm -hmm. And we tell young officers the wrong thing a lot of times. We say, go learn your job, be the best technician you can be. At the end of the day, really all I need to know is have some credibility amongst the airmen and be able to call the bullshit flag when somebody's trying to job me, right? Right. That's all I need. As an officer, my job is to lead airmen in chaos. And I'll get to that in a minute, too. Deployments versus garrison leaders. There's a difference there. Wow. So. It is. It is. Damn. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Go ahead. So back to the enlisted folks and keeping them motivated. What you got to do is show them their work. And I used to, and, and Herm set this question up because, you know, I used to say this all the time. Anytime we have commanders calls or, or we have gatherings, and, and we were talking about what we did as a career field. I've asked, I've asked my airmen all the time, have you ever deployed anywhere where the airmen, la- uh, the, the pilots landed and they didn't have a place to lay their head and eat a hot meal, go to a fitness center and have rec programs? 
and they always tell me, sir, I've never experienced the opportunity or deployed or been in a deployed environment where we weren't there first. So I say, so if you if you have an insecurity about your piece of the mission, let us remove ourselves and see if they're going to ask for us or not. And let me tell you, 100% of the time, folks are trying to find services in a deployed location. So you have value and worth in what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is I show them, hey, you are in the business side of the Air Force. Out of all the career fields, you are learning to run businesses and operations if you look at it that way. If you look at yourself as just being on the grill, well, that's what you are, on the grill. But if you look at the bigger picture and say, oh, there's an opportunity for me to advance here and actually run a facility, a dining facility, and or a fitness center, and or uh, a readiness uh, 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 team, then you realize, hey, there's some, some things I can do here in the Air Force. And at the end of the day, there's proportionally, there's just as many services chiefs that there are logistics chiefs, proportionately, because those numbers are driven by the number of folks in that AFSC. Wow. Wow. That's official. That's official. Man, hey, so look, ladies and gentlemen, this is your time. We're getting ready to, to end it on off. But, hey, again, on behalf of the Lions Den and the crew, I want to say thank you. Thank you. This has been so real. So, so, so real. And, um, boy, hey, listen, you know what? You said some things. Uh, brother, hold on. Let me, let me gather my thoughts. You said some things that individuals i'm sure always wanted to not just say but also to hear if that makes sense always wanted to hear because it's that level of transparency that's buried under um uh politics politics and and socialisms and 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 different types of isms so i do do thank you for that i do thank you for that got a question last question do you mind doing a part two to this brother Yes, I am. Uh, I will be be honored to be back on the lines. And anytime you guys need me, let me know. And uh, uh, we won't we'll we'll move it from the Wednesday do a Sunday show so I can be a part of just the the whole conversation outside of just uh, uh, COVID-19. Yes. I, I love talking about leadership. I love talking about Air Force and airmen. Uh, but uh, I'm 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 multidimensional, so I can talk about a lot of things. As right. you probably can tell, <laughs> right? I have to get Herman straight on some things every once in a while. Like <laughs> I know, and I'm and I'm gonna let y'all go, but I gotta say something real quick because I'm on my campaign right now because everybody's on this Jordan thing. But Jordan, yes, is a is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. One of them. Mm-hmm. Go check the stats. Go check. The the oh the, shit the hold on who we about to see? there you go Kareem Abdul Jabbar Lord have mercy John bruh what are Real you doing if you on a playground <laughs> and you got one pick on a playground and you got to pick teams who you picking first the six six guy the or the Oh my God, man! I can't believe we just went there. We okay, all right, all right. You got the point. You got your point. Goodness, man! How you pull that out your pocket? I would never. 
But long story short, guys, I thank you so much. This is an awesome opportunity to talk to folks. Uh, hopefully we can continue to, to, to help the Lions Den grow uh, and get more folks out here. Knowledge is king. And I appreciate the opportunity, like I said. And you guys, I'm, I'm open to come on. I feel like I'm in great company. I, I, y'all had a, a chief right on. Uh, who who I've had an opportunity to meet. I don't know if uh, Chief Todd Simmons got on or not. Yeah, he I was saw on. an advertisement advert for him. Mm-hmm. Great human being, great man, great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he tells his story, man, it, 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 he said it at a, a we had a resiliency uh, event at one of our commanders' call. He came and spoke to Tri Wing when he was over at Air University, and he he literally uh, I, I cried uh, uh, because. His reality was similar to mine growing up, and uh, I, I took a lot of um, uh, key nuggets from from his talk. But to all you guys, I appreciate what you're doing, uh, and uh, I'm 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 happy to come on. And if you guys are looking for for more officers to come on, I got some folks that that bring bring the fire also. So right on, we, we, we work it out. Yeah, all right, most definitely. And so again, Colonel, we want to say thank you. Yes, we had Chief Master Sergeant on, we had Todd Simmons, and we had Rick Ross on. We was talking about crack. Yeah, so you know, so we had on the show. I was Rick Ross, man. Yeah, we, the real Rick Ross. The <laughs> real Rick. Uh, the, the real real. The real and, and you know, and, and, and not just that though, brother, we also had, you know, individuals within the community that's really getting it in and doing things because we always focus on leadership, growth, and development. And there's so many different podcasts podcast that's out there doing things but they're doing things but not doing this you dig right. so that that's hey, what that's, don't that's forgive what me when you you don't forgive me when you know what right? you you know the funny part is we feel like we're already there so you're welcome you see we're already there hey so everybody that's watching live i want to thank y'all for tuning in on behalf of the lions den we thank y'all we love y'all hey everybody on on this side y'all stick y'all stay on but thank y'all for being on and we will see y'all sunday don't forget share when y'all see the post and the advertisement make sure y'all share because it's going to be live all right and we'll see you soon We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, the Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.